1: You tough blog. Hey guys and welcome to another edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It's Anthony Pagnotta, your host as always, and today we are joined by the man that writes the College Football Bible, the guy uh, that uh, we turn to just about every year. Unfortunately, we could not turn to him last year with the craziness around COVID nineteen and everything that had to be adjusted. But he is back this year with us. It is Phil Steele joining us here on the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. And first of all, Phil, how you doing? man and uh how how crazy was it for you last year having to sort of kind of shift everything that uh you know you were doing after preparing for you know as long as you do for them to shift the schedule like they did and and end up changing everything around
0: yeah, last year was, uh, you know, last April. I, I, first of all, I went through uh, about six weeks here in the office where it was just me. Nobody, No employees were allowed to come in. None of my staff were able to come in and work. It was just me toiling away in the office by myself because of the COVID. And then uh, when they finally allowed the staff back, I said, well, I might try to put out a magazine this year. I don't know if I will. But I started talking to the coaches. And when I started talking to the coaches, they got me fired up. They were pretty much, you know what, you put the ball in the field, we're going to play. And so, so I was fired up, fully ready for a football season. And everybody that asked me, I said, Yes, we're playing football this year. Then they go ahead and the Big Ten and the Pac 12 and the Mountain West all cancel. And it looks like we're headed for uh, not having a football season. Schedule started changing. But thank goodness we played football. And much like the coaches had told me, we did play every single conference championships got won and thank god for that but i tell you what i think the fan bases this year are going to be so enthused after being not allowed to go to the games they're going to be so fired up this year there's probably going to be an extra home field advantage across the line just because people are anxious to get back to the stadiums and back to watching their teams and now they're not going to take it for granted
1: well, I, I mean, we could see it already with Toriel ticket sales, season tickets sold out again. So, Keenan Stadium's expected to be packed. And there's a reason why. This team is, you know, you, around the country, it seems in the preseason, like there's a mindset, especially from a lot of the magazines, that this is a team that's going to be ranked inside of the top 10. And, you know, when you take a look at this team as a whole, I think the main guy that everybody looks at is, is Sam Howell. And uh, I, I think. I think the biggest thing, Phil, that a lot of people want to know is: Do you think that this young man has a legitimate chance to take home the Heisman Trophy? And maybe even more importantly, does he have a chance to lead this team to that double-digit win mark that everybody's kind of, you know, tagging right now on the Tar Heels?
0: Yeah, I absolutely do. And if you look at the firepower that uh, North Carolina had last year, they lose Deami Brown, they lose Daz Newsom for the receiver. The top two guys, a running back, they lose Michael Carter and Javante Williams. So those are some big time losses. Now, I think when you have a quarterback like Sam Howell throwing the football, your top two receivers, whether it's DeAmi Brown and Daz Newsome or whoever it is, they're going to put up similar type of stats with you know about 17, 1800 yards. So I think they're fine at the receiver position. My biggest question mark is that was quite a running back dynamic duo last year. I mean, averaging eight and 7.3 yards per carry. Ty Chandler, a great addition from Tennessee. DJ Jones, Josh Henderson are solid, but that's probably my biggest question mark on the team. But none of the rest of the team really has those question marks. You look at the offensive line, I rate them number 10 in the country. And defensively, North Carolina has not had an overwhelming defense as of late. Last year, they gave them 401 yards per game almost 30 points per game but this year if you look at the, the I mean Mac Brown's doing a great job recruiting these guys are going to look good getting off the bus they've got size they've got speed they've got strength and 10 starters are back on the defensive side of the ball I think with that much improved defense even with a little bit less of a run game than they had last year I think North Carolina has that potential and then go ahead and plug the schedule in they might be a slight underdog when it goes to when they travel to Notre Dame but they get Miami of Florida at home which is huge and I think the robbery game against NC State is going to be an interesting one at the end of the year as well
1: well you know one of the areas where Carolina I think has to see the most improvement is really along the offensive and defensive lines and it's not really that you had guys that struggled there a year ago it's that they got worn down as the season went along you know you are really high on two of the leaders of each of those groups and you know Joshua Zudu and Raymond Volasik, you, you've got both of those guys as guys that you think could be third-team All-Americans this coming season. Why are you so high on those guys? And do you think that Carolina's got a team in the trenches that might be getting close to that level where they compete with those teams like Notre Dame and, and, and even a team like Texas A&M that they saw at the end of last year?
0: Yeah, and, you know, you got all five starters back on the offensive line, 111 career starts returning. They're clearly one of the top offensive lines, I think, in the ACCD this year, especially from a unit that uh, paved the way for 5.8 yards per carry. You know, I, I don't think your running backs are as effective without a solid offensive line. So I do see them as one of the top offensive lines in the country and have them number 10. And meanwhile, defensively, you take a player like Vohassik, uh, You know, he's a guy that... Uh, is probably an NFL guy. He's the only JUCO that uh, Coach Mac Brown has brought in. Last year, and and what I found, by the way, with JUCOs is generally, you know, when they come in, uh, uh, it takes them about a year to, to adapt to the system and then get up to speed. So I think last year was just the tip of the iceberg for him. You know, you've got fourth-team ACC. He can create pass rush from the nose guard position, and he's got the size to really be a force inside. So I like everything about him. And uh, Coach Brown feels that they're going to have a great package of pass rushers. Uh, You know, the second and third team look like they should. So I think it's the best step they've had on the defensive line.
1: What do you think about the defensive backfield? Because I think that a lot of people look at this unit and think this could be one of the better ones in the ACC, really because of the corners that they have out there. Do you kind of see it that way as well? And, and do you think that a guy like Tony Grimes could maybe be someone that uh, could sneak onto some national radars as the year goes along?
0: Yeah, Tony Grimes is a guy that was a true freshman last year and should have been in high school for crying out loud and uh, he had some outstanding interceptions against Miami Kyler uh, McMichael is another guy who could very well be an NFL cornerback so I, you gotta love the two corners and how about safety? Uh, Trey Morrison he's a guy that uh, he'll hit you he'll light you up uh, and he's he's a winner back there so I think when you look at those uh, those three they have the makings of a very good secondary
1: and, you know you talked a little bit about the schedule you know they get Miami Miami at home, uh, you get Florida State at home, but they do have some tough road games on the schedule, including their first game of the season where they have to go on the road to Virginia Tech, and then, of course, later in the year, they have to go on the road to Notre Dame, but when you look at this schedule, you know what do you think lines up so well for Carolina outside of that game against Miami and would potentially allow them to be able to get to uh, that point that they're trying to reach, which is that 10-11 win mark?
0: Well, I think the first game of the season is vital. Now, right now in Vegas, they're a six and a half point favorite against Virginia Tech. I think it's going to be a tight ball game, though. You got Enter Sandman Friday night. We all know how Virginia Tech is. And last year, Virginia Tech was a team that was missing 20, 25 players per game. But I do favor North Carolina to come out of that one with a tight win. You talked about the Notre Dame game. You know, whereas North Carolina has 18 returning starters coming back, Notre Dame only has nine. So it's a much more experienced team. Plus, North Carolina comes into that one off a bye. So I think off a bye, they're capable of handling that one on the road uh, against the Irish. And that's that's probably the one game all season. They might see them as an underdog, but they could easily come out of there with a win due to the situation and the fact they're a much more experienced team. The Pitt game, I'd I'd be concerned with NC State. Those are a couple games that would rate as Mm toss-ups. Pitt can be pretty tough at home, and they can knock off the big boys. NC State, very experienced team this year. NC State's got practically everybody back from last year. I think those are going to be two tough tests as well. But, you know, by the slimmest of margins, I've got North Carolina favored in those games, and that's why I think they can get to double-digit wins.
1: So if they get to that mark, and really if they get to eleven and one, I think that's probably the area where some people will look at them as a potential college football playoff bracket buster. You know, where do you look at them as compared to let's say a team like Iowa State uh, in terms of teams that could come in and break up the group at the top of, you know, the typical five or six teams that we see in a rotation for the college football playoff year in and year out?
0: Yeah, what I think this year, Anthony, is that uh, if you take a look at the teams that were in the playoff last year, the four teams, mm-hmm. uh, and going through and talking to the coaches, almost every coach told me this year, Phil, uh, generally we struggle to get it too deep in the spring. This year we were able to play three teams. Everybody out there has got 15, 16, 17, or like North Carolina, 18 returning starters coming back. Uh, but, but you go back and look at the four teams that were in the playoff, they're all rather inexperienced, 9, 10, 11, returning starters, all losing their starting quarterback. So if ever that the, the pack has caught up to those big boys, it would be this year, which means teams like North Carolina, which we've talked about in depth, and let's face it, if they beat Clemson in the ACC title game at 11-1, they'll make the mm-hmm. playoff this year. Uh, you also have a team like Iowa State, which you touched on. You know, Last year, Matt Campbell uh, had the inexperienced offensive line, and this year he's got all five starters back called is his best offensive line. They've got Brock Purdy, a QB, one of the top running backs in the country, and Brees Hall, best tight end room in the country. Uh, And their defense is always solid, led by linebacker Mike Rose. They're a threat to Oklahoma uh, in the Big 12. Texas A&M and Georgia, I think, are threats to Alabama. They both have more experienced teams and get good situations when they play them. So it could be a year where we see some new new teams break into it based on the fact that uh, very few inexperienced teams across the country, almost everybody loaded with experience
1: yeah well I, I, it's going to be an exciting year in college football I feel like you're probably right there are a lot of teams at the top that lost a lot from a year ago so we're going to see some new guys that we haven't had to see in big roles yet that could open the door just a little bit either way uh, to get prepared guys go and buy the college football bible as I call it it's Phil Steele's college football preview each year uh, and uh, they can find it where, where can they find it out I know Barnes and Noble is one place that has it there are a couple other places, and of course, you can get it online. But uh, where are some of those places that people can track it down?
0: I appreciate that, Anthony. Yeah, it's exclusively this year at Barnes & Noble and Books A Million. Now, the one problem we've had is they sell it sell out quite quickly of the magazine. It takes them about a week to get it restocked. So if you go to a Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, make sure you grab your copyright then and there, 352 pages. Like you had 130 different media guides rolled into one. And we give you the same amount of coverage on a team like East Carolina or even Florida International that we do on the big boys, Oklahoma and Alabama. Two full pages, all the information is on the same page now if you do find it sold out at barnes and noble at books a million you can go get it online at philsteel.com that's s-t-e-e-l-e.com when you go there just click on the store and you'll be able to order the magazines we ship them out two-day fedex so you'll have them in your hands pretty shortly. So your three locations, Barnes & Noble, Books a Million, and com. All
1: right. Yeah, I, I am definitely uh, hoping to get mine here soon to get prepared for this college football season, learn a little bit not only about the Tar Heels, but a little bit about everybody else that they will be facing this year. You're the best, Phil. Thanks for stopping by with us, man. Take care. Enjoy the rest of your media rounds, and uh, enjoy the upcoming college football season. We'll talk to you next year, buddy, okay?
0: Hey, sounds good, Anthony. Always enjoy talking football with you, my friend. I had a lot of fun today. All
1: right. Thanks, Phil. Alright, so there is Phil Steele. Make sure you guys head over to philsteele.com as he mentioned, Books A Million, Barnes & Noble all those places uh, you can get your copy uh, and uh, he's one of the more most accurate guys out there. He gives you that breakdown. It's really true. I, I got it a few years ago. Absolutely loved it and uh, definitely going to be trying to track that one down this year so uh, make sure you guys check that out uh, and uh, you know, we've had a bunch of interviews over the offseason you guys can go check those out. Uh, on the podcast stream And then The best place uh, You know To check out everything com. You can check out All the other editions Of the podcast That we've been doing as well We've got recruiting stuff That we've been going through i uh, got a Bryson Jennings uh, Commitment Uh recap up there for you guys a commitment breakdown I should say uh, for you guys there, me and Zach Hubbard on that one, Uh, make sure you guys go and check that out Uh, we have some other great stuff uh, up there as well, me and Josh have been doing our position previews on the podcast side of things too, so make sure you guys check that out uh, for everything that you need to know about the Tar Heels uh, roster coming into the season we're going in depth, looking at each position group this year and years past we've really just done it, offense defense and special teams but this year it's been a huge success doing all the different position groups and you guys have done a great job of you know not only you know listening to it but watching it on YouTube on uh, YouTube Facebook um, and everything like that so we really do appreciate that best place to make sure that if you're one of our watchers you can watch the podcast is on the Facebook page where you are watching this waveform right now uh, if you're a listener you want to do it that way as well or even if you're a listener and just want to, uh, you know, give us a little bit of support, and also get, you know, the articles and and have the podcast right on your timeline on Facebook make sure you like and follow the Facebook page for us we would greatly appreciate that and uh, also you know the website that's the best place to check everything out as I mentioned you've got uh, you know the football side of stuff with the podcast you've also got the football articles that are up there so we've got the position previews uh, on that side of things as well a little more in-depth than even the podcast that we're doing which we go pretty in-depth in that one too but we go even more in-depth with the articles so make sure that you're looking at those, checking those out. Uh, also, uh, you know, up there we've got the recruiting stuff. A little bit more in depth on that stuff as well. Uh, the podcast we go pretty in depth uh, when we land guys, everything like that. But we got you covered uh, pretty much, you know, all the time on the recruiting side of things. If every anything major is going on for you, it's over on the website uh, for, and, and you can check that out. We've got, of course, coming up some big time articles. They will also be podcasts when we do. Do the bowl predictions for the 2021 season, the breakout players for the 2021 season. We are really excited to do those once again this year for you guys on both sides of things. So a ton of stuff going up on the website and on the multiple platforms for you. And then on the basketball side of things, uh, we've had you covered on you know Jalen Washington's commitment. That was a big one for Carolina to get that five-star big man out of the state of Indiana. Carolina landed a transfer Commitment from Dawson Garcia. We had you covered with that as well. Josh has been doing all of the writing stuff for you to cover all of that. And then I've been joining him to do some of the podcast stuff that we've been doing on those topics as well. And Josh is also putting, you know, a a lot of time and effort into, you know, the stuff that he's doing to try to commemorate the career of Roy Williams. And uh, I think it's great that he's doing that. I think, uh, you know, the podcasts that he's come up with have been great as well. So we've got, you you know, some, uh, we've got, uh, for sure, one podcast edition already up. That's the top five wins against Duke in the Roy Williams era. Uh, so make sure you guys go back and check out that podcast. He's also going to be putting all these different articles up uh, to talk about some of the top five moments uh, from the Roy Williams era, different lists, everything like that. So make sure that you guys check all of that stuff out on the website, HealToughBlog.com. Come. Also, lastly, before we get out of here, make sure that you go over to Twitter, follow us on Twitter, uh, me at HTB Anthony. You can also check out uh, Josh's Twitter on there at HTB Josh, and then the uh, official Heel Tough blog Twitter page is at Heel Tough Blog on Twitter. So that wraps it up for this edition of the podcast. Want to thank Phil Steele for stopping by with us. Want to thank you guys for listening, and as always. Go Tar Heels!